0: Hi, folks. is Voss here from dot com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Oh, my gosh. We've got a guest on the show that is amazing. He's brilliant. He's the author of four books. Uh We're going to be talking about his latest book. It's been years since we've been on the show. In fact, I was chastising. We need to get together more often on the Chris Voss Show podcast. Um, and you're going to want to check him out. Uh, you're going to be able to see the video version of this chat on YouTube.com, Chris so make sure you go over there as well. And you know where to go, ChrisVossPodcastNetwork.com. Or for your friends, neighbors, relatives. Uh, Neil Schaefer, I'm sure you've heard about this gentleman. He's been around forever, and he's uh, brilliant. He's the leading authority on helping businesses through their digital transformation of sales and marketing through consulting, training, and development, and execution of social media marketing strategy, influencer marketing, and social selling initiatives. Chief fractional CMO of the digital marketing agency, PDCA Social. Uh, Neil also teaches digital media to executives at Rutgers University, uh, folks in Ireland and the uh, universities in Finland. He's also fluent in Japanese and Mandarin Chinese. That's pretty darn hard. Uh, Neil is also a popular keynote speaker and is invited to speak about uh, digital media on four continents. Uh, he's been in more than a dozen countries. He's also the author of four books on social media, including Maximize Your Social and the recently published The Age of Influence from Collins. We'll be talking about that today. It's the definitive data-driven playbook for influencer marketing that marketers have been waiting for. And you can also check out Neil's Maximize Your Social Influence podcast for weekly marketing inspiration. Welcome to the show again, Neil.
1: Thanks, Chris. It's an honor to be here, and always a pleasure to chat with you.
0: And my, uh, likewise, sir. Uh, so you've got this great book out, and uh, I think it's God, It's probably been like three, four, maybe five years. It's been a long time since I've had you on the show. Yeah. I do not It wasn't personal. We just, uh, I don't know, <laughs> so many people and, and everything else. But you've got this great book out. This is kind of an interesting book. Uh, give us some plugs on where people can find you on the dot-coms.
1: Sure. Well, I am uh, Neil Schaefer, the real Neil, N E A L. And there's a lot of us Schaefers out there, but it's spelled as it sounds, S C H A F F E R. So I'm um, Neil Schaefer everywhere on social. I probably still have a Google Plus profile somewhere if you search for it. My stumble upon profiles, it's <laughs> just you and me, Chris, right? They're probably out there still. Um, and I also have neilshaefer.com, and I have a podcast called the Maximize Your Social Influence Podcast. So I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty much out there, and obviously, my books are available on Amazon or wherever fine books are sold.
0: You're becoming quite the prolific author now, four books, oh my gosh. I'm still well, trying to write my first one.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I did my first, you know, like, a, you know, you put out CDs, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm a big Elvis Costello fan. This guy put out like 11 or 12 CDs his first decade, so I wrote my first book 2009, and then every two years, I published a book, 2011, 2013, then there was this big gap. Like, do I really need to write another book or, and I really came to the conclusion that it's a, it's a good thing to write books and there's a lot of benefits. And even though this last one was published literally, you know, March 17th, two days before we go on lockdown in California, um, (laughs) there has been tremendous benefits and a lot of us in marketing have gotten really busy in digital marketing. Um, and it's, it's actually, I think it's, it's even been better received now because people actually have downtime and. And, and you know they want to learn. They need to figure out digital marketing. So I have no complaints whatsoever.
0: It's been kind of nice. Like people have been really, you know, you and I have always lived online for a, I don't know how long, but a long time. Yeah. Um, and so you know we fit into this mode of staying home and and uh, and you know working with computers and and dialog such as this that we're technology. Um, but it's it's. Uh, <laughs> It's definitely an interesting time. Like people are still getting used to it. People are still getting used to Zoom. Like I feel kinda weird 'cause like I was I was into Zoom before other people were into Zoom. Right. <laughs> it's kinda like when you have that band like Metallica with the black album or some people say uh the battery album, uh No Justice <laughs> for All. Where where when they go mainstream, you know, like you're like, Hey man, that was my band before they were popular. Now you guys have all ruined it. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> enough about zoom
1: like I'm those happy. indie bands and then they become big yeah. and I yeah. hear you're like
0: but, yeah screw this thing and but it's so. funny
1: because, chris you're probably like me like you i know you did a lot of traveling as well like the conferences and such so without the travel and a lot of people i know it's like it, we're having like a renaissance moment in terms of like content creation and you know blog posts and podcasts and books and uh it's a great time
0: yeah, it's. I've enjoyed it because I've been able to focus on the podcast, and I have, like, a captured audience thanks to quarantine. <laughs> they got <laughs> to, you know, between your book they got to read and my podcast they got to half listen to, uh, you know, the way they go. So let's talk about this book. Um, I think you've always been a, a quote-unquote influencer. I've had my years of being an influencer. I mean, I'm still an influencer, but I've, I've kind of – Moved away from calling myself that. I call myself more as a consultant or ad sales. Um, basically, I tell people that you know you're you're when you pay me, you're getting access to my audience. Um, but so let's talk about your book. What's the what's the broad reach overview of what your book's about?
1: Yeah, Chris, I think you you hit the nail on the head or the head on the nail. I've, I'm either a little way. tired right now. I'll that the nail
0: up. goes in either way.
1: <laughs> you have businesses reach out to you, right? Mm-hmm. They want to appear on your podcast or they want their, their author or whatever, right? That is a sign of influence. Mm-hmm. You have an audience that someone with less influence in your audience wants to tap into.
0: Note to self, Neil Schaefer says I have influence. <laughs> Add that to the email signature.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not. When someone reaches out to your blog and they, they're trying to get a backlink from you, you are an influencer and there, you know, when someone offers you a hundred dollars to post something on Instagram, you're an influencer. That's really mm. that, that that's, you know, or they want to offer you a free tool to get feedback. Um, you have influence. So mm. I always, you know, like you, Chris, I mean, I'm, I'm about like serving my, my audience and my community, and I'm always looking for ways to do that. So normally when I, when I speak, I get asked questions and they give me hints hint as to what people are thinking. So mm. over the last two or three years, just tons of questions not just about influencer marketing, but hey, how do I become an influencer? Because a lot of marketers like us have some skin in the game and you see people, you know, all of a sudden like blow up and it's like, what's going on here? So um, I went out on a mission to really try to figure this out and read between the lines and not listen to all the BS that you hear in the media um, or in the blogosphere about just talking this very, very tiny portion of of influencers that are pretty much celebrities, right? Mm -hmm. And, And trying to uncover what's going on. And Chris, like you, I mean, we have historical perspective. So, you know, when we got more and more followers on Twitter, yeah, I get it. And then when Google Plus starts, and a lot of people have a lot of followers, it's like, okay, we get it. They're you know, they're big on Twitter, they're big on Facebook, they're they're big on YouTube or Facebook, but Instagram just created this whole new generation of people. It's like they have twenty posts and hundred thousand followers and no link. <laughs> You've never heard of them. It's like it's WTF, right? What's going on here? So yeah. I was sort of on a mission to uncover, okay, you know, who really has influence in here and who doesn't? And I mean, the good news is there certainly are a lot of people that I've influenced, but Instagram really democratized the companies offering like fake influencers and fake engagement at scale, right? I mean, it was always available on other platforms, but Instagram was just the place where people took it to another level. Um, but you know, when, when you look around and when I was growing up, you know, I mean, my kids are 15 and 13 now, right? So when I was growing up, I mean I remember, you know, Top Gun, one of my high school friends, you know, the next day he's wearing a leather jacket on a motorcycle trying to be Tom Cruise. <laughs> These days, you yeah, I look at my daughter, she's imitating Charlie on TikTok like every dance move she does, or she's working out the Chloe Ting on YouTube. And my son is a gamer, so he's, you oh, know, he's on Twitch. And, and right, and so it's a whole bunch of people that are influencing them just like the celebrities of past influenced us if you're a Gen Xer. Hmm. So the notion that there are people influencing on these platforms exists, just like there are people that influence on podcasts, right? Pat Flynn, I'm a podcaster, and he he has tremendous influence. And if you don't, if you don't listen to pod, podcasts, you may not know that, but people that listen do know him. Hmm. Um, and it's just an example of people that are content creators using different content mediums on different platforms that over time and hard work and listening to their audience and creating great content – they've been able to build bigger and bigger communities of people that listen to them. So how do they monetize that? Well, some people have their own product already. Others develop product, they do affiliate marketing, they do brand ambassadorships. But at the heart of it, they're number one, a content creator. And number two, they have an audience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the influencer marketing industry, which is very Instagram centric, used to say, oh, there's celebrities and macro and micro. And, you know, now they say nano influencers have over 1000 followers. So Look around you at the people you know that have a 1,000 followers, right? Look at people that work with you. Look at your customers. Look at your social media followers. There's a lot of people out there that if you change your mindset, that you could be collaborating with. And that's really the heart of influencer marketing. Yes, one type of collaboration is giving money in hopes that they post something, right? But another one is just giving away free product in hopes of feedback. Another Mm -hmm. one is giving away product so that they do a lifestyle, great-looking photo shoot. Another one is maybe hiring influencers to create content for you because they're much better. I'd rather have, you know, if I'm a brand, why do my own podcast when I can hire Chris Voss to do everything for me? Yep. Uh, so so you so that's that's the type of influencer market and it, that I'm talking about. It's as relevant for B2B as it b a B2C. It's as relevant on LinkedIn as it is on TikTok. It's as relevant on uh, you know on YouTube as it is on a podcast. It's just where is your audience and you know, who do you want to collaborate with to tap into those people? And, and that's it. It's, it's just a very holistic view of it. But I think it uncovers. It's like, oh, I'm a B2B brand. I mean, I've been doing blogger outreach. I've been doing influencer marketing. Yes, you have. So I, I sort of redefine the concept because I, I think it makes sense. And I think when you look at the other trends of like social media becoming pay to play for brands, if you want to be heard, you, you almost have to collaborate with people to be heard mm-hmm. in social media or you pay a lot of money on ads and ads are ads. I mean, they suck, right? Um, so, so, and and you know, I think what happened with Instagram and YouTube and TikTok is that brands just they suck at creating lifestyle relatable visual content. So, you know, the notion that an influencer would take over a social media account, I think it really started with Snapchat. Um, you know, we see it on Instagram and TikTok, but it makes sense because visual content, you know, people can see if it's an ad or if it's coming from a person. Uh, And I think this is another reason why it's pushing more brands to just say, you know what, we're not going to create content. We're just going to work with influencers to create content for us. We're just going to leverage user-generated content. And I would argue you don't have to create your own content anymore. You could have 100%, you know, podcast based on interviews, blog posts based on interviews and, you know, roundup posts, um, user-generated content of, of, you know, photos. And it might actually be better because let other people talk about your brand instead of you trying to talk about your product, which is tends to be self-promotional, so that's sort of the you know the big overview of of the direction, and really wanted to sort of blow people's minds and do a complete reset on this thing called influencer marketing, and just you know I don't if I say re-educate," it sounds like I'm you know like who the hell is Neil to say that? But um, I do think this is an angle that really hasn't been talked about, and the funny thing is, since I published this, there's another book coming out in another two months. And then another one coming out by a guy named Jason Falls, who's also, yeah, he wrote no, uh, no Bullshit Social Media, and I was on his podcast, and he's, he, his book is coming out like January, talking about the exact same thing, right? Or I mean, obviously, it's different than my book, different perspective, but a lot more people are coming to this conclusion that influence is a lot broader, and it's applicable from anyone to a startup B2B as it is to a big consumer brand. So I'll stop <laughs> there.
0: That was great. Uh so so do you feel you know, there's some people that argue that influencer marketing is dying, uh, or do you feel it's just being repackaged or restarted or rebirthed or uh what's the truth of that from your yeah, research?
1: So I think I think with COVID nineteen, that when we see the people that that stereotypical picture of the influencer in an exotic place with a certain angle, you know, <laughs> You know what I mean, right?
0: The copy clouds from the last 10 pictures.
1: It's it, it's <laughs> <clears throat> it's completely freaking artificial, right? Yeah. With, and that's why you see celebrities doing live streams in pajamas without makeup, right? It's mm-hmm. it's relatable, it's real. That's what people want. Those are when you look at the influences it's really making
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need to change in my PJs now. But but it's it's real and there is definitely we've seen that um You know, we have seen the industry go smaller into micro and nano and especially Mm. after COVID-19 because the celebrities tended to focus on those aspects that are just removed from reality. Um, And and now brands, you know, in in line of of what I wrote about, brands are saying, you know what, instead of looking at number of followers, let's look at who actually uses our freaking product. Let's tap into those people first. We don't have to say copy and paste this caption (laughs) to talk about our product. They know our product. They're going to talk about it in their own words They're going to give these people the creative freedom and it's actually going to be better content because they know, already know, like, and trust the brand. So we're definitely seeing that we're seeing less of the short-term one night transaction to more of a long-term brand ambassadorship. So a lot of the things that I talk about in the book, I do think slowly are becoming a reality and, and those are the trends that are now permeating the industry. So influencer marketing is not dead by any means. I think that, um, you know, if you're a travel influencer, you sort of got to pivot and reinvent yourself. (laughs) Um, But the fact that brands still, and and brands are even more digital now than ever, they have to be, and looking for different ways to engage. And there's no better way to engage than to use a real person's content. It's just, we're people, we relate more to other people than to brands, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that the trends actually push to more influencer marketing then you look at b2b brands that are used to doing the big conferences like you know ces what have you they can't do those now they need to generate leads man yeah they're doing virtual webinars and guess who they're inviting to speak at those virtual webinars right or doing summits yeah it's 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 the same thing so it i I think it's actually a bigger push for influencers a little bit different than it might have been a year or two ago but um i think the trends are still very strong
0: yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting more outreach from people that want to be on the podcast that are like, hey, our CEO wants to talk to people. Cause, you know, normally they would be at shows and I'd usually be interviewing them at shows. Um, yep. So, so, uh, influences and dead. Um, what, what, what's your opinion on, um, You know, these different, I don't know if you talk about this in the book, but like the spectrum of influencers, because there's like, you mentioned some of the micros, the nanos, and, and, and there's always arguments of, of, of who actually truly can, you know, deliver on the bottom line of influence.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I actually start in the book talking about influencer marketing before social media. Mm. So, you know, you had TV ads, you had Michael Jordan with Nike You know, Michael Jackson with Pepsi, Shaq O'Neal with Buick. (laughs) And then you go back a little further, the TV ads were radio ads. And then the radio ads were, you know, newspaper ads. And you have Charlie Chaplin, you know, silent film ads. And if you go back in history, sort of that celebrity endorsement's always been there. It's just new now. So when I see people, you know, like Charlie on TikTok, when you're doing a Super Bowl commercial, you're not a social media influencer. You're a celebrity, right? Mm. Um, and that's first of all, the Kardashians are celebrities. I mean, if you're on TV, you're not a social media influencer. When I talk about social media influencers, I'm talking about they get influence from social media. So then it's like, okay, well, how do we categorize them? And a lot of people in the industry categorize them by number of followers. So you're going to pay more based on number of followers. And you got the celebrities. You got the macro influencers that you know are, have over five hundred thousand followers. You have sort of the mid-tier influencers that have maybe between, you know, 50 and 500,000. Then you got the micro, which they called it at the time between, you know, 10 to 50,000. And then you have the nano influencers that one to 10,000. <laughs> but I think it's really, you know, an artificial way of looking at it because influence isn't just about number of followers. It's all about who they're influencing. What sort of engagement do they get? What sort of action can they inspire? And is it relevant to your brand? I mean, I give the case study of my own book. I could have reached out to like a celebrity influencer on Instagram and they may have held up my book. You think I'm going to get any sales from that? I don't <laughs> think so, right? Um, I'm probably going to get more sales being on the Chris Voss podcast than doing that and, you know, not wasting all that money working with someone that I don't know. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, and, and therefore, you know, in the book, like I said, I said, well, let's, let's not look at you know, influence in terms of that. Let's start with the people we already know. Let's look at influence in terms of brand affinity. So let's start with a minimum. Because you gotta start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if nano influencers a thousand followers, let's start with a thousand followers. Okay. So let's look at the people who know, like, and trust our brand the most. Employees.
0: Yeah, startups, there you go. Right? Of your own corporation?
1: Yeah, well, I mean for, for you know for solopreneurs, it's sort of tough to do. It's a lot of soul searching. But yeah. <laughs> you know, the bigger the company you have, the more you know, and, and we've had these things called employee advocacy programs and they failed because employees weren't treated as influencers, right? Yeah. They were just expected to share, you know, crappy content. So when you consider them as influencers, it's like, well, where do we go from there? Well, what about your customers, right? What about your followers on social media? I mean, they, what about like a social listening tool that picks up mentions people talking about you? You may not have caught in your CRM, but somehow they already know, like, and trust you. Why don't you reach out to these people and say we want to we want to open up a program for our fans? You know, we want you to just keep talking about us on social. We'll send you free product. We'll do annual events. How can we help you? You know, I know businesses now that are training employees that are training nano influencers and how to take better photos, mm. how to shoot better video, how to start a podcast, how to write better captions. It pays dividends, right? So th- those are the types of programs that I'm talking about that I see as the wave of the future, this long-term. So you build your own little army of influencers and it's not artificial, like reaching out to someone you don't know and paying them for a one-time thing. These are people you don't have to convince, right? There's no negotiation here. The only thing is how are you going to collaborate with them? And everybody's different, right? You know, Chris, you may say, Neil, I'll have you on, your, on my show. But if I was the CEO of Starbucks, you may charge me $2,000 and you may have gotten that $2,000. <laughs> And it's just different, right? It's different for every influencer and it's different for everybody that they speak with in every business, right? And that's the fact that, and and in fact, I think, Chris, what we've gone through as as being, you know, influencers and content creators is we really understand this really, really well, Mm -hmm. whereas brands just have no clue. So they freak out and they're like, I'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, I'm blocking your email. I never want to hear from you if that's the value you put on my community. Yeah and brands just make really bad mistakes. And then you have agencies in the middle that exploit the opportunity to just make as much money. uh, You know, you need to be working with macro influencers and celebrities and you're going to get this much likes. And, you know, I I think that there's going to be a big shakeout in terms of influencers and the industry. And I think you're going to have a lot more brands that are, that are just going to go direct to consumer, man, just directly reach out to them and collaborate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh, I, and maybe that's why that's going on. You gave me a really good idea to start my own school, influencer school to charge people, uh, start my own uh, army of people. Um, there you go. You know, it, it's interesting to me, um, but you bring up a good point about how uh, a lot of, now I see why a lot of agencies have pushed the nano and the mini stuff because they don't have to pay to do it. Um, you know, I get these, I get these podcast agencies, and they yep. want they want to put people on the podcast and um and i'll I'll like look at them and i 'll be like wait you're charging you're charging a fee to that guy to put him on my podcast. Well, great, you can give me a cut of the action yep um especially when usually they're not you know they're not a b, c d <laughs> you know there's some obscure c e o which is you know fine but um uh and, and they'll be like no we, we don't." We don't pay to get people on the thing. And sometimes I've gotten out with PR agents that I've worked with, and I'm like, hey, man, you don't you don't understand, you know, the money goes around. But uh, what's funny is I'll Google who they're trying to put on my show, and they put them on, you know, every Tom, Dick, and Harry podcast that has three episodes and won't be around next year. Right. Uh, and, they've, you know, they've charged them a ton of money, and that's what's going on with those agencies and why they're willing to work with Nano. Uh, things because they come to me and you and we're just like, no, man, you're insulting my audience. So I, I built this thing. It's for real. Um,
1: yeah, and you know what? It's like chasing after the, vani- the, the, the vanity of likes on Instagram. They're just chasing after, okay, I got you on this podcast, this podcast that regardless of, like you said, are they going to be around? Or, you know, maybe yeah. they publish five episodes in one month and they've gone crickets for a year. Um yeah. Or maybe they're just irrelevant because I get irrelevant pitches to my podcast. It's like, are you sure? You, why, why would I want you on my pod? You don't talk about anything that my podcast... Have you ever listened to one of my episodes? Yeah. It's, it's crazy, right? But it's because there's agencies, whether the PR marketing or influencer marketing, that push this. And the businesses don't know better, right? Yeah. They think, oh, I'll pay you $5,000 a month. I'll get on five podcasts. Awesome.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me. Um, you know, and the other thing is brands really just don't pay attention to results. Like you can't just go for numbers. Like a, a really great example is one of the things that I do is if I love a product and I have to love it, I incorporate it and I talk about it because I'm a big mouth and I'm an influencer and I'll just talk about it because I got paid to, or I got something for free. I talk about it cause I genuinely love it. Yep. And when you're a view blogger like we are, we have a lot of reference. Like if you want to say, Chris, I don't really trust your opinion on your wonderful master and dynamic headphones plug. Um, and, you know, do you really know that those headphones are really the best? I mean, no, I may not have the best ears in the world, maybe, but there's, like, there's, what, at least 10 headphones sitting here that are reference headphones that are high quality to put them up against. Anytime I get something new, I have a chance to do them. So, And, and I've tried to raise an re- authentic brand, which is important. But I continue to talk about stuff. Um, you know, for you or me, uh, our our content, our videos and stuff are still being consumed like 10 years later. Yeah. Like I look at the stuff I did with AT&T and, and Asus and all the brands that I've worked with over now, almost 11 years. There are people still watching those videos. Like I still get emails on from YouTube going, uh, Hey man, this, uh, the battery doesn't work this anymore. And I'll look at the video and be like, that's electronic product from 2012 that you're commenting <laughs> on. Or they'll ask me, they're, like, I, like, one of my popular videos that I get so much stuff on is, like, some Xbox 360 video I did in 2014. Like, it still just goes crazy with comments and likes. And and so people, a lot of people don't even realize those are some of the cheapest ads you can buy. Holy crap, they've been there for 10 years. And then, uh, you know, one thing I see from a lot of influencers is they go, okay, you pay me, I make a post, and then that's it. They don't, you don't ever hear them talk about that product ever again, unless there's some sort of deal Um, where for the Chris Voss show, we recycle a lot of content. Like we put stuff out, we, we've, I've pulled stuff from years back to recycle and put on social media. If I make it, man, I beat it to death. Like after this, after this podcast, this podcast that I'm doing with you right now, this is going to appear. Over like a week's time, it's going to appear on probably about four of my podcasts, including this flagship, the Chris Voss show. (laughs) On top of that, uh, the first day I'm going to tweet out this show's podcast, the Chris Voss show, and it's going to go to three LinkedIn accounts, a company account on LinkedIn, and hundred thirty thousand dollar or hundred thirty thousand dollar hundred thirty thousand group on LinkedIn that I built myself. Um, It's going to go out to eight different Twitter accounts. It's going to go out to uh, you know all my Facebook crap although Facebook is pretty worthless for distribution unless you pay. Um, it's going to go out to all those, and then it's going and then we're going to bang the YouTube video the next day, and that's going to go out to all those accounts. And then uh, there's going to be the book author podcast, there's going to be the Chris Voss podcast, and then I don't know if there's a fourth we'll put it on, but it's going to go out to all these different mediums. And so this thing's going to be banging around. This single podcast right here for about two weeks, and then if I just get bored one day and I go, "Eh, we need to put some content up." I'll go grab it out of the file and put it up. Um, and so a lot of a lot of influencers I see, they just do a, they'll just do a one-off. Yeah. Where a lot of great influencers will keep banging it, or if I love the product, I'll keep talking about it, won't shut up. But audience always is an indicator. Uh, another an example that that lays into uh, there was a water generating machine that was given to me about $1,800 water machine. Mm -hmm. And um, one was given to the guy who's got like 2 million followers on YouTube guy who does all the YouTube videos. Um, He does the kind of funny ones and whatever. Uh, But the time he got, they got 12 million views on it. Didn't move a single unit, single water unit. Didn't move it because 10 to 15 year olds on YouTube don't buy $1,800 water generating machines. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's, you know, there's the case study of the female bodybuilder on Instagram, well, it's like hundred thousand followers. Yeah. So, you know, the bikini uh manufacturer reaches out to her, let's do a let col- let's do a collaboration, you know, where where are bikini, you know, when you do your bodybuilding. And it failed because ninety percent of her followers are male. I mean it's the same thing. You gotta understand the <laughs> audience. And if someone and if people tune into the YouTube channel for comedy, yeah, you know,
0: they're
1: not you know, they're not tuning in to purchase. I mean, regardless of the age, I mean, that's a whole other issue, but you know, you, you got to align with the right people.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a copyright term that I have, uh, that's going to be talked about in my next book and it's being going to be called the pants down audience and what it is. And that's kind of what we refer to as the pants down audience. Uh, I mean, you're looking at YouTube, 10 to 15 year olds, do you think they're looking for bikinis on YouTube?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, Chris, you bring up two really important points that I talk a lot about, which is the first thing is you ideally want to convert an influencer into becoming a brand advocate who mm-hmm. talk about you without you asking them to do that because people will do that if they love something, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and that's the ideal, and, and that's what I preach. That's why you need to have a long-term relationship to make that happen. But the other thing, especially on YouTube, and I'm just writing a blog post about YouTube influencer marketing because people forget about it. But when you do a traditional ad campaign, you do it and it's done, right? Now, you talk about influencers, a post once and run. But mm-hmm. uh, when you work with you know, YouTubers, for instance, that influencer content lives on for a long time and it, it keeps on reaping dividends. Now, every network is different in terms of how long you know, the, the shelf life is, but certainly YouTube, without a doubt, is, and blogs as well. You see blogs number one search results, you know, blog posts from like a decade ago sometimes for certain keywords. So, you know, that's where that Instagram, yeah, maybe with certain hashtags, maybe if it trended, maybe you'll still get some, but not like YouTube videos and blog content and podcasts. I would add when people listen to a new podcast, when they find someone, they start downloading from episode one, listen to them all. And just, you know, the more you have, the more downloads you get. And it's pretty incredible. So,
0: you know, and the funny thing is, I've had this discussion with uh, Blueberry and Todd Cochran, who uh, you know hosts the Chris Foss show. Um, and uh, you know, I see people they only put up a few of their podcasts. We put up all three hundred. I'd have all five hundred, almost six hundred now podcasts wow. up if I if if it would let me. I, but iTunes and people, I did not want that much up. Yeah. Um, but, no, there's 300 podcasts, and I'm always astounded. In fact, that's one of the things that brought me back to podcasting. I'd kind of taken a vacation for a couple of years back in 2014 or something, and uh, suddenly I was getting these reports from Blueberry. It's like, dude, people are downloading this thing. And I'm like, is there, like, one in particular they're, like, really interested in? Like, you know, like YouTube, I have a couple, you know, hot videos that go through the roof. And no, man, they were just consuming it all. And I was like, what's going on, man? I haven't done any new content over there. And that's how I kind of knew podcasting was coming back. But there are still people consuming that stuff. Yep. And um, see, so yeah, it's interesting. A lot of brands have to get smarter about uh, relationships. They deal with people. You know, I, I've got relationships now with great companies, AT&T, uh, ASUS, um, Acer, um uh master and dynamic i love their headphones uh you know i have a lot of headphones from master and dynamic and i really promote them over the years they've never paid me uh, but i love the product it's just such a good product and and they're nice enough to give me extras but you know there's a set that looks just like this they gave me like five years ago and uh, i loved it i never shut up about it and i talk about it um and and probably for the amount i should have charged them <laughs>
1: And, you know, I'm just thinking, so I've had this thing about podcast microphones. So I'm on a Yeti Nano right now, and I just got a Rode podcaster. My my podcast editor says, you got to get a Rode, and it's dynamic instead of condenser. And I'm sure you have your own recommendations. But, you know, if I was a microphone, I would be all over the podcaster market. I'd be sending out microphones, you know, to podcasters. I don't know why none of them do it. They ignore the yeah. market. Yeah. And then you got like, you know, Audio-Technica, this $100, you know, people still recommend it here and there, and they do zero marketing. Um, anyway, it's, it's an interesting market.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the other things we can look forward to in picking up the book and opening that baby up?
1: Well, hopefully, like I said, you just think of a new way of marketing, right? And it's instead of invest, investing money into, you know, Zuckerberg and, and ads, um, you invest it into people. <laughs> And you reap the benefits of, that you get from relationships to your business, right? So I believe that, you know, after you read it, you'll, you'll look at your digital and you go, okay, we have a website check, SEO check, email marketing, marketing automation. Well, after coronavirus, everyone's doing email now, but they should have been doing it all along. Yeah. Check, you know, blogging, content marketing, check, social media, you know, check. And then they'll see, you know, influencer marketing as another major pillar of what they should be doing. And they start measuring it as such. And, you know, compare your your Facebook ad spend with, you know, the, the ROI of spending that money on product with influencers, for instance. Yeah. Um, that's that's sort of and, and just the different ways you can work with influencers in, in every whether it's events or new product or you know, just getting feedback or you know, whatever it is, content creation, content amplification. I have a chapter on like the 16, 17 different ways you can work with influencers. So um, yeah, I'm really, you know, I'm excited. To, to finally get it out there things like you and me it's natural to us but mm-hmm. to a lot of marketers if they're not if they're not content creators they just don't know how this all works so yeah. um, and it's data driven so you can show it to your boss and uh i sort of wrote it so that people could show it to their boss and and uh, and get budget so but it's funny because you know i wrote that book the way the publishers work i wrote the majority of that book back in 2019 wow. so i'm already working on my next book um and this is like we should a- just
0: schedule you for the show now
1: yeah, this is like a post-coronavirus book. So it's like a book that's really relevant for, you know, where we live today. And, and and in that book, I mean, I hope to bring together everything I've done because, you know, influencers are part of it. Content's part of it, right? Social media is part of it. There's all these little things that if you put them all together, you can create sort of what an ideal sort of, you know, a digital marketing program would look like. So.
0: Well, I'm glad name. you're betting we're going to make it out the other side of this thing alive. <laughs> we might be down to five followers, but anyway, uh, no, I don't know. I'm just being funny. Um, uh, but no, it's, it's, it, you're giving me a little bit of hope, which I need every day. So there you go. Um,
1: dude, in crisis, there's opportunity. And, know, uh, I interviewed recently Joe Polizzi on my podcast and Jay bear. They were all saying the same thing. There's tons of opportunity to get market share, um, collaborations, content, you know, companies buying out media companies. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on right now.
0: I want to go back, to to what you and I touched on, because this is a real important lesson for brands. They really got to be careful when they approach influencers not to treat us all the same and not to just look at audiences. Because, like, one of the problems I have is people look at me and go, oh, you only have, like, 100,000-plus Twitter followers no i don't <laughs> i got a lot of accounts yeah in between twitter facebook and everything else it's four hundred thousand plus, and i can drive millions back in the old days they used to drive 10 millions of, millions of impression rates you know at&t did a did one of those radiant six on me back in the day and they're like holy crap you pull more impressions and eyeballs than the la times and i'm like yeah so they quit giving the la times phones and started giving them to me um and uh and so one of the one of the problems is they come to us like you say, and they'll and they'll offend us with yeah. a cheap offer, and 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 maybe I don't know some idiot in budgeting went, and eh, eh, we should do that. You know, I've had I've had times where they they'll go, uh, well, we have a two hundred dollar product we want to send you, uh, but we're going to have to have you send it back. And I'm like, you really don't understand that if I fall in love with this product. I'm going to promote it and talk about it, even though I'm not paid. And I think that authenticity is even more important because if you know someone's an influencer and they got to get paid to just say the words on everything. Yeah. There's kind of a little bit of issue with authenticity where most people know with me and I'll even disclose, I'll be like, I have not been paid for this. And like, I, I have something that I recently fell in love with and it's been my favorite toy since the thing. Um, And it's a, it's uh, I think the company's name is iCan, uh, the xCan, and uh, uh, people see me plug it. But it's a it's a DAC that's built into a thing that's got X base on it. Um, I normally have the box up here so I can grab it. It's like a two hundred dollar DAC that's running for my for my thing. Mm-hmm. I love it. And they send it to me and they go, hey, well, we want to take that, we want to get that back. And I'm like, dude, I really love this thing. And if you leave it with me, and I keep loving it, I'll keep talking about it. And they're like, okay. And what's funny to me is is when companies—I'm not saying they're being cheap; they're very gracious. They left it with me. They—they they got the vision. But a lot of companies, they—they get cheap where they go, oh, we don't want to leave them that product because we don't. Wanna, I don't, you know, I don't know what the hell the deal is. They—they they think of it as a fee. Like they're like they're like, well, these products are. Expensive.